0: All right, so who is White Sox Dave? What's your story, Dave?
1: Um, I think you know it probably as well as anybody. I started blogging college. Uh, I ran it with a friend that went to Indiana University. And back when Barstool Chicago was originally a concept, not not like a concrete official designation on Barstool Sports, uh, Dave Portnoy reached out to the kid who I was writing with and he said, and he's like, hey, like, we're thinking about starting Barcelona Chicago. We want to expand our city model. We have Boston, New York, Philly, a college site. Now we're looking to get into the Midwest. Obviously, Chicago's the the layup, like, where we want to plant our flag. So uh, my buddy, he originally said, thanks, not interested. And Portnoy reached out to me. He's like, hey, like, we're going to keep you on the back burner for when we do find the main guy. We think we found him in this guy, Big Cat. Um, and this other guy, Neil, who Neil didn't work out. He worked for parcel for like six months. But in the meantime, when that started, they hired me to cover the white Sox and, um, Dave Portnoy asked what my nickname was. I'm like, I don't have one. Everyone just calls me Dave. So he's like, well, you're not going to be Dave because I'm Dave. So you can be <laughs> white Sox Dave. So I'm like, well, that sounds super insanely cheesy, but whatever, like you're your house, your rules. So that's where it came to be. And like the rest is kind of history. We we started our podcast in 2000, uh, January of 2017, right after the Cubs won it all. And right after Chris Sale had been traded and uh, Adam Eaton was traded at that point. Uh, Jose Quintana was about to be traded later that summer. And uh, we knew that Chicago baseball in the year 2020 or so would be in a really good spot to have two teams in the playoffs for uh, simultaneously for years on end. So we started that and it instantly became huge, like without any push from Barcel or anything, um, because we were doing it on our own. Um, I had all my connections with the White Sox, with their front office, with different players, with different scouts across baseball. And, uh, we, I mean, we started getting tens and tens of thousands of downloads and Barcel's like, yeah, you guys need to come with us. We can all make a lot of money together. And then in 2018, they hired us full time, and and here we are now.
0: That's that's awesome. It's good background, and you did reference my understanding of your journey, Dave, and uh, I want to get into that a little bit. So we've known each other for what over a decade now. It's probably 2009.
1: Yeah, yeah so Ever yeah, two? right about that 2009, 2010, I'd say.
0: And I think you were my gateway into barstool. I mean, uh, you were a stoolie through and through, like back when like if people remember the old barstool website like it was it was crazy like it was, it was like the most archaic thing ever but it was awesome and it, it was very clear back then that this was going to be like what you wanted to do like you would either die or like work for barstool and you, you took the the latter
1: path how would you know that this is what you wanted
0: to do like with your life
1: i so i in the meantime, like, so I started with Barstool Sports as a part-time contributor where I was getting, a, you know, a few hundred bucks a month from um, in 2012, in July of 2012, so a little over eight years ago. And all through that time, I was working full-time jobs, and I, um, there, I started building a social media presence. At the same time, I started building really good connections in the game of baseball. So back in 2004, 13 and 14. Um, I got with a white Sox scout that who had coached me when I was in high school. And, uh, there was a couple opportunities for to, me to work in professional baseball. Um, one of them with the Braves and one of them with the Brewers as a scout where I would have gone and I would have tried to work my way up and, uh, get, I would have gone out to Arizona and basically worked on backfields and cut up reports and, and video of different players uh, and, and started trying to ascend through organizations that way. But, uh, the money at that level of baseball is just not there. They, I remember the offer from the Braves is 22, five a year wow. and there was like no stipends involved or anything. And obviously the cost of living in Arizona is not what it is in Chicago. You could probably get by on that, but you'd be like fucking eating ramen soup like out of the packet from Aldi for five meals a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. And with our North Central education, I just couldn't do that. There was no way I was going to be able to afford student loans and that on top of it. So um, a couple years go by, and Barstool's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, Big Cat's exploding on the scene. I'm starting to, like, break stories and shit, and that's when the dream of working actually in the game of baseball died for me because my social media – like platform wouldn't have ever allowed that because um, organizations operate very secretively, like, and I understand that they would never have ever trusted me. And that's even with, and this is like, this is what scouts told me. They're like, you can't be a scout if you have this like Twitter, because like, how is anybody going to, you know, let trust you with confidential information regarding a player or a team or whatever. And I'm like, fair point. Like I would delete it. I would, you know, wipe my internet history clean. But at that point I was kind of past the point of no return. And I, I did kind of find a niche with Barstool, uh, as the baseball guy, as the meathead, as the character and, uh, evolved from there. And, and I eventually was able to quit my full-time job where I was making great money. And, um, and here we are and, and I love it and I want to turn back. That's, that's awesome.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that because, like, right now, if you type into Google "White Sox Dave Barstool," like, what automatically populates is "White Sox Dave Twitter," "White Sox Dave real name," "White Sox Dave fired," "White Sox Dave gum." Uh, I think that's all like pretty on brand for you, right? Um, Yeah, of course. And and I want to talk a little bit about like your what I think is your welcome to the big leagues moment is when you're on live TV and you're chewing gum. Right. yeah that
1: was uh it was terrifying i had, that was back in two thousand and fifteen i want to say yeah. I had never been on t v before um that was after actually this was it was two thousand sixteen maybe it was after I broke the james shields story so the background is this i I developed at this point i had a good wide array across baseball of connections and they would feed me tidbits of info here and there and one guy he he's not with the white sox anymore he he gave me the entire james shields um, trade, which was Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, Eric Johnson, who at the time was the headliner of the deal yeah. for Fernando Tatis. And this was their like last chance at catching lightning in a bottle. Before- no, this was in 2015. I'm sorry. Cause it was before they traded Chris sales. So five years ago. Um, and I, I ran with it. I remember I had like 10,000 Twitter followers at the time and, and I knew this guy, he wasn't bullshitting me. Because what, he didn't have any reason to. This is a guy in his fifties. At the point, at this point, like he didn't have any reason to lie to me or feed me false info or anything. So I ran with it. A week goes by, and the exact trade that I put out there a week prior um, comes to fruition. And I'm in the middle of a softball game with our friend Cam Adams, I believe, <laughs> uh, in Lincoln Park. And it's a Saturday morning, I remember, and we had a triple half. Head- we had, it was playoffs. So we played until we lost and we played three games. And um, every, every time I'm looking at my phone between innings, it's just exploding. And I didn't really know what was going on. Cause I've been drinking all day at this point. And um, I look and Ken Rosenthal, uh, John Heyman, and like, like all the big dogs are citing me as the one who broke the trade and Portnoy gave me a ton of love and everything. And I was hammered and I'm just having the time of my life with this. Cause You know, I'm just some idiot playing softball, breaking, breaking stories while drunk, basically. (laughs) So uh, WGN reached out to me and asked me to come on TV. And I'm like, oh, shit, like I kind of at this time was still hiding my Internet life from my real life uh, because I had a full time job. So I go on TV and I was a nervous wreck. And um, like you get in there and it's just a like at the studio, there's one little corner for for this sports show I was on. And then you have Tom Skilling. He's got like the rest of the studio. It's like a billion square feet of like (laughs) meteorology shit. And when they start the cameras, they put those lights on you and it's just beaming down on you like a heat lamp. Like you're getting interrogated in Guantanamo Bay. So (laughs) I put a piece of gum into like to get some liquid in and moisture in my throat because my throat was so dry because of the nerves. And I thought that would help they knew i put the gum in uh both jordan and uh um jared payton both knew it and they're like yeah that might work um that might give you some like lubrication in your throat and but they're like just be cool like it's not a big deal and i'm like okay well i'm that you telling me to be cool isn't working either <laughs> but so then it got stuck on my lip and it went like mini viral kind of like the boom goes a dynamite guy yeah. and i just kind of leaned into it Every, as you can either embrace it, call yourself an idiot, say I looked like an asshole, which I did, or you could like run and hide and then all the internet trolls will be a thousand times worse. So anytime someone brings up the gum, I just laugh with them instead of like try to defend myself, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. So let's go back to how you got from like zero or maybe like 100 Twitter followers to 10,000 Twitter
1: followers. Like what what was that process like, Dave? Um, I mean, I kind of just – There, there's a lot of character that I try to like put out on social media. Like, you know, me, like we said, you've known, we've known each other for a decade plus, and there's a lot of nights where I just like, like to keep to myself and watch TV and ignore the internet, but that's not my job. So, um, I try to take all of the little, like little sections of my brain that I know can play on the internet and I know will get a reaction either positive or negative negative. And I'll put that out there and some people will hate following me. Some people will like enjoy following me and other people will just follow me cause I'm a varsity personality. Um, so when I, when I first started, like I would just, you know, say what was on my mind. Now I, now that we are such a big platform, I do curb a lot because especially of the politicized environment that we do live in these days. But, um, but i i just i am who i am and all everything that you see is me uh, even if i do embellish a little to a lot at any given moment and i i, I don't like i won't i won't be anybody i'm not right. I, i'm not going to be a meme guy i'm not going to be you know one of those clickbait guys i'm just I am who i am
0: yeah and that i think that's true of most barstool personalities right i mean big cat yeah. too much is who he is uh, most of the guys in the East coast are maybe the only one that's not. And and you would know better than anybody, but, uh, like PFT, right? Like he, yeah, of course. And he's
1: making fun of all those guys. Right.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's crazy. So you, you grow it organically by really understanding like what makes people tick basically, right? Like what makes people laugh? What makes people piss? What makes people respond? And then like through that process, like you, you build a little tribe, and then you have like these super viral moments like breaking the news and then like that probably 10x your like reach. Yeah, that was
1: something. and then That was probably 10,000 followers uh, maybe more like 5,000 followers in a single day.
0: Yeah, right, right. So you you have like these watershed moments where because you've already built up some sort of audience like it just it, it catapults from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and one of the reasons and we're, we're very obviously for Barstool Chicago, we're Chicago specific and we're on an Island out here. And one of the reasons that like, I, you can look like I got a bigger following than anybody associated with the White Sox other than Tim Anderson. Mm -hmm. Tim Anderson's got like 70,000. I got 50 some thousand Twitter followers. That is. And, um, those guys like they're, they're the athletes, but then there's like, and, and these guys are great and they're necessary. I'm not, making a dig at them like Chuck Garfine, he works for Comcast, Scott Merkin, he works for MLB.com. Those guys are very specifically um White Sox guys, like White Sox reporters, info, uh liaisons, I'll call them. I'm a White Sox fan and that's why I relate to White Sox fans so well is because they think I'm one they think of me as one of them. I'm in the parking lot getting shit faced with them at the cell when we're allowed there, obviously. Yeah. Um I'm with them at the games. I'm not in the press box and i I cover the team as a fan, and there's nobody else on the internet that does that. I mean there are, but nobody with the platform that I have like Barcel's become this massive media uh outlet, and I'm the White Sox guy, and people respond to that so um so you say I built it organically i'd say for the first six, seven years, yes, but for the last three it's it's a lot of it has to do with because of Barstool's reach and growth over those years. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. What is it like working at Barstool? I think we see every corner of the internet give their take on it without actually having any like any freaking clue. But like what is it actually like being a Barstool employee, Dave? It it's
1: it's the best. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um obviously I have and this is there's we were never handed a job description when we were hired full time. We're okay literally hired and say, go be funny, go create content, go do videos, go do blogs, go like spread your wings and fly. And for all the bullshit stigma and and narratives that there are, I will say this loud and clear. You can think Dave Portnoy is an asshole. And I think even he would say that, Um, but to call him racist or homophobic or anything, he doesn't give a fuck if you're blue, green, black, white, red, he doesn't care where you're from, who you are, what your sexuality. sexual at. He does not give a flying fuck. He cares about two things. He cares about making money. and He cares about his, the media empire that he's built being as funny as possible. A lot of the jokes, some of the jokes, one or two of the jokes, however many jokes you deem uh, inappropriate that he's made, they're out there. They, they were jokes in the end. They didn't land. That doesn't make him a racist. It, it's, it makes him human. We've all said dumb shit in our lives that we regret. Um, every last one of us has, and I will, I will defend Dave Portnoy in that manner to the day I die because he's the best on earth at what he does. And he does not give a flying fuck who you are, what your background or ethnicity is. He, he's, he wants you to be funny and that is it. And yeah. to work hard yeah. and to make money. And, and, and that's it. And even he doesn't even care if you do make money a lot of times, so long as you do work hard and you are funny. Like there's guys at, at the office that don't have a podcast that brings in revenue that are some of our bigger personalities that on a ledger would be in the red technically because they're a liability for financial reasons because they're not bringing in a ton of revenue, yeah. but they're the funniest guys on the website. So who gives a shit? Yep. So money's not even that end all be all for him. It's so that, that the whole narrative of that, the small loud minority section of the internet is, is just completely unfounded and bullshit. I think.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's good. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, uh, when it comes to your day to day job, Dave, right? Like you've been able to basically have a permission slip to go create stuff that's funny and, and push the envelope a little bit and, and try new media and all that good stuff. What does your day to day actually look like? As a uh, content producer,
1: yeah. Behind the scenes, there's a ton of stuff that goes on. We're always on sales calls, just like any other company. Any, I mean, it doesn't have to be a content or media company. We're on sales calls a lot. A lot of Zoom meetings at this time because of Corona. Um, uh, emails are just coming in and out all day long. Um, and then, um, then I'm writing. I, I try to write three plus blogs a day on anything. Like I, right before I hopped on with you, uh, my first blog of the day was reviewing the movie Shrek because I'd never seen it. (laughs) And that is something that will play into our audience. It'll generate clicks, you know, and that was, that counts as work for me. So that, in that realm, I love it, but there are, I mean, we, we have in our office beefs that, you know, don't uh, make it to the public. Uh, We do annoy each other. We do piss each other off um, in bad ways here and there. So, uh, but at at the end of the day, we're all pulling from the same rope. We're just trying to, you know, make content and and grow Barstool Chicago specifically as as big as it can get. And with gambling starting in Illinois very soon, hopefully by March Madness, we'll have the Barstool app, the sports book app, uh, live. Yeah. And uh, after that, it, it'll be officially off to the races. It's awesome. So, Dave, you and I have talked about this
0: offline uh, a little bit, like the formula for success. How do you get started? Obviously, we I talked to you a little bit about like your background and your story and how you grinded it out really. Um, But is there a formula for success? Like, is there like an equation a plus B is eventually going to get you to, to where you, where someone like you you're at now?
1: I wouldn't say there's necessarily a formula. Uh, What I did is I got lucky in the sense that like you said, I I knew what Barstool was prior to a lot of people knowing what it was. And I followed it, even though it was at the time a Boston and New York uh, based website, And I hated all those teams, but I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. Um, So my entire, I want to be as different and original as possible. Like if, if any given trade or signing in any sport is broken, you see like the same five guys tweet the same exact thing. Like, I don't want to be that. I want to be the different guy that, that has a platform and that can give my take as a fan. So, there like there are a ton of podcasts that I do and I'll I'll never say no to a podcast because when I was started my podcast, I hated when I was looking for guests and people would say no to me or ignore me. So I do a ton of podcasts where um like they'll it'll be a White Sox specific podcast that yeah. you know some kids in their dorm room started and they all ask me, I'm like, dude, be different. Like come up with different segments, like um like Mount Rushmore with PMT. Like that mm-hmm. is the easiest and dumbest thing of all time. And people eat it up because they can relate to it. Don't ask the question like what did you think of Jose Bray winning silver Saga? Like don't everybody thinks the same thing. It's cool. Like cool. <laughs> it's you know good. Like you can talk about it but be original and create a storyline and 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 some sort of segment behind it and and be funny and different and original. And that's where I think that I started to find a lot of success on the internet and on social media, which just being as original and different as possible. Yeah, because if you play the
0: middle, you're gonna get ignored by the masses, right? Like there's just exactly. so much noise that you can't stand out. So you take an opinion one way or another and and you play up the drama of it, especially if it's driven by like a character or persona like like you have. Um, and then it just gets amplified by people one way or another. Even if they hate it, like they're going to engage
1: with it, and all. Of that a and that's all that matters yeah. specifically to social media is engagement. Yeah. Like Eddie, Eddie, who is more groomed than the rest of us in media because he went to he went to school for media and always wanted to be like a radio host. He told me this a couple of years ago, and it's it's really resonant. He said, "Always have a take." Mm -hmm. Like we hate Skip Bayless. Everybody on earth hates Skip Bayless. And I think Skip Bayless probably hates Skip Bayless, (laughs) but he has his takes and he puts asses in seats because he can't play the middle ground. Like you said, like either, either be the loudest on one way or be the loudest on the complete opposite. And, but that doesn't mean be disingenuous. Like I have no problem at all saying that. I think Denzel Washington's an overrated actor. If that goes against the, the, the mass opinion, I'll put it out there as much as possible because it gets people talking about it. And if people are talking about it, they're talking about me and you'll see Reddit threads on it. You'll see all this stuff. And if I'm the focal point of conversation on an opinion that you can't prove right or wrong, then that's fine with me.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an excellent way to cap off uh, what's been an illuminating uh, background on on White Sox, Dave. How he got to where he is today, and uh, yeah, I mean, dude, you play the middle. You're gonna stay in the middle like every other loser that's sitting behind their desk nine to five. That said, oh, I was I had that first idea for Uber, like oh, I could become the next YouTuber, or whatever. Well, do something about it, right? And, and Go I'm, and do it. Yeah, you're you're like the true testament to that, Dave.
1: Like it, it, I started in July two thousand twelve at Barstool, and it wasn't until officially New Year's Day of two thousand nineteen that I was hired. And we were in talks a few months prior to that about how we were going to attack a, a full time Barstool Chicago office. So it it started matriculating months prior to uh, January first of two thousand nineteen. But it did took seven years, and, and even though I wasn't making any money, it was basically paying my you know my utilities. Um, at first I, I was still pounding pavement and, and, you know, doing my thing on top of having a full-time job and anybody else, like that's all you got to do. Just pound pavement as much as you possibly can.
0: Yeah. So what do you do from here, Dave? Are you barstool for life? Is there something bigger in in the works? What, uh, what's the next
1: 10 years? We'll see. I mean, I want to be here as long as I can. Obviously, um, as you get older, like I started off kind of as, as the 22, 23 year you know, post-college grad idiot and I'm no, that's not me any longer. So you got to evolve with, with age and your person. Like I've told people this a million times, if I could punch anybody in the face on the planet, it'd be the 22 year old me because I I made so many bad decisions and I was such a moron. Um, But that all being an idiot and being a moron kind of played into the character I played on the internet for a while, but now I got involved from that because I just turned 32 a handful of days ago. And that's no longer me for the most part. So you um, kind of just roll the punches. And uh, like I said, with gambling becoming legal, we're, we are only going to get way, way bigger. So, so that's kind of how it goes. That's, uh, that's what I, I, I have my six-month plan, which is uh, to get gambling in Illinois to like be the focal point of gambling once our app is live. And then, um, beyond that, just keep growing and growing. And maybe eventually I, you know, I, I reared back and become more of a behind the scenes guy. I have no idea. Maybe I am on the front cover of the internet every day. I have no idea, but we'll see. Yeah. That's awesome. Dave.
0: Now let's, uh, let's get some plugs in there. People can find you on Redline radio, right? Uh, yeah. Redline
1: radio drops every Thursday morning. Um, prior to the weekend, and then every, immediately after every Bears game, we do a post-game hitter uh, for Bears season. Um, and then uh, the Dog Walk, which is Eddie's podcast, but I'm on that once a week. We do drafts that people absolutely love. We just draft <laughs> random things. Uh, then SiriusXM, uh, channel 85 from 2 to 3 every day. Unfortunately, we're not live right now because of my corona infection. But, <laughs> and the office is kind of shut down. But um, other than that, we... Uh, yeah, on Twitter at Barcel WSD and on Instagram at White Sox Dave. Awesome, Dave. Well, I appreciate talking with you
0: as always. Always learn something new and uh, keep it up, man. Appreciate it, man.